hearing the voice of love. And when you, you hear about this right now, hopefully, when I say hearing the voice of love, your mind just went, hearing the voice of God. Right? Because God is love. Very good. And a lot of messages are taught on hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of, as we know him, as love. And there's, when, when they teach on hearing the voice of God, it's usually describing the ways, the different ways that God hears. And this is actually one of the biggest questions that I have ever been asked by people is, how do I know if God's talking to me or not? And we're going we're gonna to be teaching on different ways that God speaks to us. Because there are different ways that he speaks to us. He speaks through prophecy. He speaks through the, the word. He'll speak to you through the word. He'll speak to you through an audible voice. It happens. It happened many times in the Bible. We're going to be looking at some of those because he, they heard, but they didn't understand. They thought, man, was that the sound of thunder or was that an angel talking? They couldn't understand what was being said, they did, but they did hear it. He talks to us through the preacher, right? Sometimes I get it right and, and, and God speaks to you through a message that you hear or, or on a teaching that you're listening to on the radio or if you're at another church, God speaks through the preacher. God speaks to other people through you. We are all ministers in the body of Christ. But the number one way that God speaks to us is that still, small voice. Have you ever thought to yourself, something told me, or I feel that I should do this? And people say, how do I know if it's God or if it's me? To tell you the truth, the more you walk with God, the more you walk in love, it should get harder and harder to distinguish between the two. Because your mind is being renewed to his. You know, at the beginning, it might be easy. Man, God speaks to you. I want you to go up there and pray for that person. Who the heck told me that? Where'd that come from? I'm not, do, I'm not doing that. Or maybe it's sitting at home, and one day something just dropped in you, and you, it said, you know what? You should, you should go to church. You should find a church. Or you hear the story of Jesus and, and the sacrifice of Jesus and, and something inside you saying, this is true. This is true. Your heart starts beating and you start panicking and what am I going to do? I know that, that, that this is true. This is, that's God speaking to you. And it's, he speaks to your spirit. And your spirit speaks to your mind. So when you hear it, it's like, I had a thought. You understand that? Because we are a triune being. We talked about that, spirit, soul, and body. At the beginning of the service, we talked about that. His spirit speaks to you. And these are all awesome ways that God speaks to us. But we're not going to focus on how God speaks to us. We're going to focus on how we hear him. How we hear what God is speaking to us. What's the filter? What's the filter that we hear God through? In Mark 4, 9, it says, And Jesus said to them, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. 
So there must have been a lot of people walking around with no ears. Right? No. It wasn't that they didn't have ears. It wasn't that they weren't hearing vibrations in those ears. It's that they weren't hearing. Right? A lot of us go to church every Sunday, but we didn't hear. You, you, you didn't hear. You didn't hear from, it didn't change your life. It, it, or maybe you misinterpreted what you heard because of the filter that we go through. Take heed to what you hear. We need to take heed to what we hear. To take heed, it means to pay attention. Take notice, bear in mind, be mindful, consider, take to heart. The opposite of this would be to disregard. There are things we need to heed and things that we need to disregard, even in church. Many times Jesus warned about watching what we see as being truth. What teaching we hear and how we take, take heed to these things. So what we got to do is, when you hear things, you, you have to hear it through the lens of love, through the characteristics of God. If you don't know that God is love, you will hear something completely different. We need to take heed. And there's some things that we just need to let, let go through one ear and out the other, and there's other things that we have to apply to our, to our life. In Luke eleven thirty three through 36... It says, no one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which, you, which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light. And when the bright shining of the, a lamp, and when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light, the Greek the Greek word translated "I" there in this verse is O P H T H A L M O S. And the Vines Expository Dictionary defines this Greek word as signal. Signalness, signalness of motive. So any focus that is not signal upon Jesus is evil and therefore allows darkness into our lives. Your eye, what you pay attention to, what you take heed to, has to be upon Jesus and Jesus' finished work in our life. Anything else, anything else that is not Jesus is darkness. And something can look like light. It actually says that Satan disguises itself as an angel of light. It can look like light. It can be very religious sounding. But be darkness. Be darkness in your life. We are to take, therefore take heed that the light which, you, which is in you is not darkness. We need to take heed to what we hear. Everything that we hear needs to be filtered through Jesus, who is the manifestation of God, which is the manifestation of love. Of love. I know you heard me, but are you hearing me? 
I probably quoted most of your mothers. We can hear something. Just because vibrations are hitting your eardrums does not mean that your brain is getting it correct. Because all interactions are filtered through our world view. Through our renewed mind in the mind of Christ or the unrenewed mind in the mind of the world. Do you understand that? Often God spoke about Jesus, spoke to Jesus out loud, audibly, but the people around him did not understand. They thought it was an angel like we talked about, or they thought it was the sound of thunder. In the same way, we don't always understand what a person is saying or we misinterpret them. People misinterpret me, the things I say, right? The more you know me, the more you understand my real meaning is. And the more you know God and understand his nature and his character, the more you can hear him correctly when he speaks into your life. John 10, 1 through 5, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. So who is the shepherd of the sheep? Jesus is the shepherd of the sheep. Who is the doorkeeper? That's the minister. If you're ministering, you're a doorkeeper. Today I'm ministering to you. I'm a doorkeeper. I'm opening the door for Jesus. I'm just a doorman. Doorman for Jesus. Jesus is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens... And the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. See, this, is, this can be very complicated if you don't, don't understand the Jewish culture. When you're a shepherd, shepherding sheep, you don't drive sheep over in, in Israel. You ha have a relationship with your sheep, and the sheep follow the shepherd. And what they would do is most, most of the, the, the stalls and the stables, they weren't barns. They, they, they were caves or crevices and, and, and rocks. And, and multiple shepherds, would keep their sheep in the same sheepfold, in the, in, the same, in the same cave. And when they came to lead them out, they would call to their sheep. And the sheep who the shepherd was calling to would come. And the sheep that was not the shepherds would stay. That's amazing. So all the sheep... All the sheep heard the shepherd call. But not all the sheep knew the shepherd. Right? And we have to get to a point where we know the shepherd. We just don't hear from God with that still small voice or through the word or through a preacher or, th or through an audible sound. But we need to, when we do hear the shepherd, when we do hear the voice of God, the voice of love, we know it. We interpret it. We understand what he's saying to us. 
We don't miscommunicate what he is speaking to us. You understand that? We need to know that no is what? Relationship. We have to have a relationship with Jesus. And I talked about all this already. The sheep hear the shepherd's voice, right? And the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. God is constantly speaking to you. Do you know that? He's constantly speaking to you about everything, about the little things in life. God is constantly speaking to us. We don't need someone else to hear him for us. See, a lot of people in a lot of denominations and a lot of preachers and stuff, they give people the idea that God only speaks to the preacher and you can't hear him. And the only way that you can hear God is through the preacher. And you need to do everything the preacher says. That is not biblical at all. We all can hear the voice of God. You couldn't get saved if it wasn't for hearing the voice of God. We all can hear the voice of God in our life. We don't need someone. You know, prophecy. Prophecy is a gift of the Spirit. Prophecy happens. Prophecy is edification, building up. But there's certain people that get into a routine where every time they make a decision in life, they got to call a prophet or, or go visit a prophet to hear from God. And that's not a good place to be. You need to hear what God is saying to you individually. And if a prophet, if you get a prophecy, that's just a bonus. Because all prophecy should be confirming what you already know in your spirit that God is speaking to you. Right? Because prophets can get it wrong. They can mis- misunderstand God. They might not hear the voice of law, may- love. Maybe they're hearing the voice of law because of the filter that they have. And what do I mean by that? And I'm probably getting way ahead of myself, but I've screwed this message up already. So what do I mean by that? Take it back to what we talked about the last eight weeks, about walking in the love of God. And let's say we were saying, you know, God, we were seeking God. Why? Let's, we want more miracles. We want to see more healings. We want to see more salvation. We want to see all these things. We want to see people restored and delivered. And, God, and we hear God's voice. And God says to us, we need to walk in love. We need to walk in love. And because we have a filter that says, oh, I got to do something. I got to do something. And we hear that and we say, we need to love more. We need to love one, more, love another, one another more. You're not loving each other, and you're stopping God from flowing in this, in this building. You're stopping God from flowing in your life because you are failing to keep the commandment of love. That's one way you can interpret it, couldn't you? Because you have a filter of law. You have a filter of, of duty and, and what I must do. But if you have a filter of Jesus Christ and the finished work of Jesus, when you hear, we need to walk in love and 
what you could hear is, you know what, we need, we need a revelation of how much God loves us. It's not that he doesn't want to do miracles. It's not that he doesn't want people saved. He does, it's not that he doesn't want marriages restored. It's not that he doesn't want people delivered from bondages that are destroying their lives. We just got to walk in the love that God has for humanity and for us. And perfect love casts out fear. Maybe, maybe the more I walk in love, the more I won't be afraid to go up and talk to somebody or pray for somebody. Same message. They, two people could hear the exact same thing and interpret it completely opposite. So take heed what you hear. Think about it through Jesus Christ, the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's all very well to hear the voice, but it is another thing entirely to know what that voice is saying. Amanda knows me, right? She knows me good. It's nice to have you up here today. Makes me nervous. She's usually down in the children's ministry, but I'll make you proud, honey. But, <laughs> but uh, Amanda knows me. And I could say something that I could really, you could really get offended about. But because Amanda knows me, she knows that it's just me joking, jesting, right? Depends, huh? But she knows, because she knows me better than anyone else here, she, when I say things, she knows what's behind it. She knows the meaning that's behind it and what I'm trying to get to, Right? And we need to know God that way. You could, you could hear me say something that's 180 degrees from what I meant, but Amanda understood it perfectly. And we can do that with God because we don't really know him. We know about him. We know about, about him through the law of Moses, through the Old Testament, through what he did to, with Elijah, with David, But we don't know him as revealed in Jesus Christ. We need to know him. So does God have a speech impediment? You know, if it's this complicated, Chad, it must, God must have a hard time communicating if I can't understand him. And the answer is no. God doesn't have a hard time speaking. He doesn't speak badly. If anybody speaks badly, it's me. <laughs> but it's the condition of our filter it's how we interpret. It's how we, we hear him. Our hearts determine how and what we hear from God. Even when we hear the word of God preached. You are hearing me today through your own belief system. Your own filter. How you think about things. If a man or a woman is not established in love, in the kindness and goodness of God... They cannot correctly discern what God is saying. It's impossible to correctly understand what God is saying if you are not rooted and grounded in his love. If you don't know God as love, that he is kind, that he is gentle, the characteristics of 1 Corinthians 13, you will misunderstand him every time. If you don't know and you cannot hear the language, the language of love, do you know 
the God of love. And establish our, we're talking about filters. We're talking about filters in our belief system, and that takes us back to the heart. Tom, Tom talked about the heart a couple weeks ago and how important your heart is. That's the root of, of your belief and in in your mind and your understanding. And we need to establish our hearts in the fact that God is love. If your heart is not fully persuaded of God's love towards you, the chances are good that you will always misinterpret what he is saying when he speaks or when you read your Bible. And this happened to me big time. When I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, the real uncompromised gospel of Christ, I was already a Christian. And I heard that, and God was speaking to me. This is it. This is my son. Hear him. And I would get in the teaching. I'd hear it, and it would be awesome. But then I'd get in the Bible and then read about all this stuff that, you know, no whoremonger or, or adulterer or backstabber or, you know, liar or all these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Or you're not a son of God if you don't love one another. And you read all that stuff and you say, well, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. It's a a lot like being a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things are new. All things have passed away. All things have become new. If that's true, why don't I feel new? Why don't I look new? What, what? I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. And the reason why is because my filter was wrong. I failed to see that, yeah, no liar. Sin, sinners won't make it into the kingdom of heaven, as some of you were. You're not a sinner anymore. You're a saint. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I was seeing myself in Adam rather than seeing myself in Jesus. And for a while, I was just a dog chasing my tail. But now, many, many, many years later, I'm getting getting it a little bit. I'm understanding it. When I read the Bible, I think about, okay, What does the finished work of Jesus change or have to do with what I'm reading right here? And it changes your Bible completely. It's actually fun to read. Before, it used to feel like it was all condemnation. But now it's all celebration. Because all those things I used to feel condemned about, I now celebrate because Christ has delivered me from it. It's It's awesome. See, I, I can preach. I preach messages up here, and, and if people don't understand it from uh, the focus of the finished work of Jesus Christ, or if they don't hear it established in love, or if they don't understand my motive, you know, if you don't, if you don't trust me, you're not going to have a hard time, hard time hearing what I have to say. And the more you get to know me, the more that you can understand that, that really... I am completely for you guys. I didn't, we didn't start Karis New Testament Church because I needed a job. I have a job. It's not because I didn't have anything to do. I got four kids. 
I did it because I'd be miserable if I didn't do it. God called me to do it. And I love you. And I love these people. And everything that I say up here, from, from what, preaching the gospel on salvation, to preaching the gospel on healing, to preaching the gospel on prosperity, is for you, whether you believe it or not. God takes care of me. God takes care of me. And I want you to know God the way that I have met him, as the God of love, the God of mercy, the God that's for us. And we're going to see this all in just a little bit, and i got to speed up. Hearing what someone has to say has as much to do with the hearer as the speaker. It has to do with the person's belief system, what they believe about God himself. Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe that God's for you? Do you believe that he cannot be tempted with evil, nor can he tempt with evil? So all those things that's happened in your life that you're saying that God's doing it to you is a lie. It's a lie. And a lie has as much power as you believe it. Now, can you do things that open the door to allow Satan to come in to rob, kill, and destroy? Absolutely. But one cry out to Jesus, he can shut that door immediately. It's not God that's doing it. See, we've been talking about love for a long time. And there's certain people that, you know, that aren't established in love that say, you know what, Chad, I know God loves you, but, you know, you can, you, you can go overboard on talking about how much God loves them. If you, if, you, if you tell people that God loves them no matter what and that God's for them, they're just going to go out and live any way they want. If there's nothing you can do to change God's heart towards them, his passion, his love for them, they're not going to come to church, they're not going to do this stuff. That is completely asinine. If I told that same person, so you're telling me that if you were to love your wife too much, if you were to do everything that 1 Corinthians 13 says about love to your wife, you mean that would push her away to want to commit adultery on you? To want to leave you? That's stupid. That's religion speaking. Love draws and holds. Love makes you never want to leave. Can you talk too much about love? No, because God is love. If you're not talking about love, you're not talking about who? God. God, it's not that hard. So we're going to take a little time this morning to establish our hearts. Establish, maybe we need some new filters. Romans 8, 31. We're going to start out verse with verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Can we establish our hearts on this? Let's establish our hearts on this right here. That the creator of the universe... Is for you. And he's not against you. As a matter of fact, he stands against anything that is against you. 
Isn't that amazing? If we really believe this, I know some we struggle with it. I mean, that right there is completely 180 degrees from what most people hear when they go to church. God is for you at this moment, right now. Not after you do your, get through your prayer list or read your chapters in the Bible, even though those things are awesome, those things are good, they're beneficial. Not after you come to church or serve in the church or give your tithe and your offering. No, right, right now. Do you know God's for you right when you're sitting on the bar stool? God's for you right when in that middle of that heated argument between your your wife and your husband? God is for you. And who can be against you? If we could just walk out our life in our job, in, in, our, in our job, in our in school, in our relationships, knowing that God is for me. What confidence we have. Not arrogance, but confidence. Confidence that God is for me. And I tell you, this might seem simplistic. Because you've heard this scripture, you've had it up on your refrigerator, right? But do you believe it? Are you established in it? When all hell breaks loose in your life, when you lose the job, when the finances aren't coming in, when you get a bad doctor report, is your heart established that God is for you and he's not against you? Because he is. See, it's one thing to say amen in church. It's one thing to have it up in the refrigerator. But when tests and trials and tribulations come, is God for you? Are you established in it? Can you be like the writer, like James wrote? Count it all joy, my brethren. When fiery tests and trials and tribulations come, Celebrate. Celebrate when all hell breaks loose in your life. Why? Because he was established in that God is for him. And if all hell breaks through your life, heaven has to break forth to change the situation. God's going to do something mighty for you. He's going to manifest Jesus in your life and the promises that are yes and amen in him. Are you established in this? Are you established in this? Verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God gives us everything when we've done enough good works. No. No. Freely, freely. I know the world tells you if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Well, that's exactly what the gospel is. The gospel is news that sounds like it's almost too good to be true. Freely. He gives it to us freely. If you want it, and you work real hard for it, and you do a Enough good deeds for it? Guess what? You don't get it. You don't get it. 
And that's why so many people in the church are grumbling and complaining. I serve in this church. I do this. I do that. And I, I never hear God speak to me. I, he, he never answers my prayers. You know, that person was just saved two days ago. And, he, and they're still out partying and drinking and carrying on. And, and they just, God just blessed them financially or God just healed them. Or look, their marriage is doing so good. And me and my husband, we don't get along at all. And I've been a Christian for 20 years, serving in the church. If you're working for it, you don't get it. You're not going to get glory. Jesus is getting glory. It's freely. It's freely. We don't understand that. And I'm telling you, you will go back to that vicious cycle of works mentality every time things get hard. Because you don't realize that God is for you. You're not established that God is for you. So what you're going to do is you're going to work real hard and make God like you, so then maybe he'll do something for you. But it's freely. It's freely. Everything from God we receive free, or you can't have it. As soon as you start working to attain it, you disqualify yourself. You disqualify yourself. And look what it says here. See, this, this is the value. What you, what, what are you established? What's the value of Jesus? What's the value of Jesus? Some people think that the value of Jesus is less than healing. Some people think that the value of Jesus is less than God providing for you financially. Some people think that the value of Jesus is, is, is greater than you being freed from addictions and bondage or healing your marriage. Because they say things like, you know, I think God's just allowing me to go through this to teach me something. Well, you can learn something through going through it, most definitely. But what you're saying is, if God will allow, and it's his, his desire for you to go through that, you're saying that, the, that that thing that you're going through is greater than Jesus. Because he already gave you Jesus freely. And it says here, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So anything you think that God is denying you is more valuable than Jesus because he already gave you Jesus freely. And the thing of it is, is that's how you get everything else is through Jesus. It's through Jesus. Verse 33 who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? Who can bring a charge against you? Who is the one going to be condemning you? Who is the one saying that you're not good enough? It can't be God. God cannot do this. Because he's the very one that justifies you. That's his desire is that you be justified before his sight. God cannot be against you. Why? Because you're the elect. You're the elect of God. And he is for you, not against you. He gave his own son. How will he not freely give you all other things? See, you already forgot those other verses that were just before this one. God's not the condemner. 
The Father will never bring a charge against you because he is the one that is justifying you. Verse 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So who's your condemner? It's not Jesus. Jesus is the one that died to redeem you. And not only that, he's at the right hand of God, making intercession, praying for you in your situation. If you could just get lined up with your belief system to what he's praying, maybe you'll have breakthrough. The only one that had the power to condemn you was Jesus Christ. You didn't realize that? He could have condemned us all. But he chose to die for you and is at the right hand of God, our Father, talking us up. Even when you mess up, he is declaring you righteous because of what he has done. I hope we're getting our hearts established. I hope we're, our belief system is changing a little bit about God so that we can hear the voice of love. We can hear what God's saying to us. Romans 8, 35 through 39, continuing, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? You know, when this was written, the Roman persecution was horrendous. They were thrown to the lions, burned at the stake. And you could think, has God forsaken us? There's some of us that right now, as we sit here, you think God has forsaken you. And he's saying that even in that, as it is written, for your sakes we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. In all that, are you rooted and grounded that God's not doing it to you? That you're not, you haven't been separated from the love of Christ? That, God, that Christ hasn't stopped loving you? God, people do some horrendous things. Look over in Iraq what they're doing to the Christians over there. People do horrendous things. Has Jesus stopped loving the Christians over there that are being beheaded? No. No. Humanity has a disease called sin. It, it's evil. But that doesn't, just because calamity happens in your life doesn't mean that God stopped loving you. That he's not for you no longer. That he's not freely wanting to do things in your life. There, Fox's Book of Martyrs, there's a story about a woman, and I've shared it here many times, just, but it just made an impact on my life. She was going to be burned at the stake. And her, her brothers and sisters in Christ asked her, if God's grace is sufficient in the flames, hold up a finger so we might know. And they lit the flames and the, she started to burn. In the middle of the flames, she didn't hold up a finger. She held up two fingers. More than enough. His grace is more than enough. 
Yet in all these things, in all what things? In all the things that the world has to throw at us, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded. Are you persuaded this morning? We're talking about establishing our hearts, establishing our belief systems, persuading our hearts, our minds, to the truth of God, to hearing the voice of love. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, or things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What can separate you from the love of God? Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. We need to persuade our hearts that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Even in the midst of calamity, in the midst of trials and tribulations, you have to be rooted and grounded in love. Who is God? Yes, but. See, I can hear your conscience, which is your soul. Yeah, but Chad, you don't understand. You don't understand all the things that I've done. You don't understand all the things that I've said about God. There was a time when I, I, I didn't even believe in God. And I used to make fun of people that did believe in God. I hated God. I hated Jesus. I hated everything to do with him. I was a sinner. I just did what was right in my own eyes. I gratified myself. I destroyed people's lives. I hurt other people. There's so many things that I wish I could take back that I'd done. You don't understand. You don't understand what I've done. It doesn't matter what I know about you. I don't need to know your history. It doesn't matter what I know about you. All I need to know is about God. All I need to know is about Jesus. All I need to know is about what he has done for you and what he says about you and who you are in him. That's what I need to know. Look at Romans. For all you people that are saying yes, but. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, it says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Do you know all those things that you wish you could take back, all those things that you wish you'd never done, all those things that you said and are still floating out there. When you were doing those things, God loved you. God sent Jesus when you were a sinner to die for you then. So let's look at verse 9. Now that you are a saint, now that you've been born again, now that the Spirit of God dwells inside you, much more than, if God loved you when you were a sinner, if he demonstrated his, his miraculous, extravagant love upon you when you were a sinner, much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. There's no wrath for the believer. Why? Because we no longer 
Hear him in a voice of wrath. Because we understand that he is love. There was a time when we, when we heard God speak to us, it was wrath. And it wasn't because of what God was saying to you, it's how you, what you believed about God. You thought God didn't want anything to do with you. If, if it, God had it your way, you'd never been born. What a lie. The Word of God says that before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. And all your life was planned out before you took a breath. So you mean all my life was planned by God and all the bad things happened in my life because, no. Just because God has a plan for you, for your life, doesn't mean you're following it. But the good news is, is just like GPS, recalculating, recalculating, we can get on God's plan and get us right back where he wants us to be. He wants us to be. Hmm. If your, heart, if your heart is not established in the love of God and your righteousness in Christ, you will not be able to hear the voice of God clearly. You see how important this is to know the nature and character of God, to hear God as love. How can you hear God? How can you follow his path for your life? If you think he's out to rob, kill, and destroy, if, he, if he's out to do you harm, if he's not on your side, if he's not for you, but he's against you, how could you ever follow God's plan for your life? Why would you ever want to? See, we got a heart condition. We all have a heart condition. We can have a good heart condition or we can have a bad heart condition. The way that what we believe and the way we think about God, if you want to hear the, what the voice of God is saying to you, you need a heart fully persuaded, one that is established on the true nature of God, on the true nature of God. And we didn't get nearly as far as I wanted to today. But we're going to end right here. Hopefully, I've said enough to get you thinking a little bit. Thinking that, you know what? My heart really is on religious tradition. It's, on, it's not on the Word of God. It's, it, it's established in the Old Testament. It's not on the finished work of Jesus Christ, the New Covenant. It's on Ten Commandments. It's on, it's on rules and regulations that I was taught when I was a kid. I don't see God through the lens of love. I, 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 really, don't, I really don't feel like God really loves me. I, 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 feel, I feel like he puts up with me. And hopefully today, as we went through Romans there, you, you've seen that, that God doesn't just... He doesn't just put up with you. He, he, he is fully motivated for your good. If God be for you, who can be against you? God's not the, the condemner. He's a justifier. He's on your side. And even when all hell breaks in your loose, rejoice. Do a little dance. Because that means God wants to do something in your life. Trust in his love. Trust in his nature. Hear his voice. The voice of love, he's speaking to you all the time. All the time. In that situation you're in right now, he's got an answer. He's got an answer for that situation. But you have to hear him and then hear him.
And some of the things that he might have you to do, it might look like it's not for your good. What happens when that happens? What happens when he tells you to do something and it, that, 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 that can't be God because that, that's going to make me in worse shape than I am right now. See the reason why you have those thoughts when God tells you to do something? Because you're not established in love. It doesn't matter what your outside circumstances look like. If what God says doesn't line up with the wisdom of man. It's for your good, no matter what. No matter what. You know, when, when you started this church here, it, the economy stunk. Vassar. If I was thinking with the wisdom of man, it would have never happened. But when God changed my heart and gave me a passion for this community and, and for the people, and I just took a step of faith. It might not be much in anybody else's eyes, but it's amazing in mine. Know, know today that you are his beloved, that he's for you. And when you hear that, that voice, whether it comes from the small, still voice inside of you, through reading the word, distinguished between the finished work of Christ, the manifestation of God's love, and religion, dead religion. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.